Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. Thank God. We know that the Bible is right. Amen. Glory to God. And we thank God for that. Hallelujah. That we have something that we can turn to and know we're getting straight up, perfect, absolute, truthful advice. Glory to God. That means a lot. Uh, uh, Beloved of God, we're in Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. We're down. We're considering the 20th and the 21st verses now. And this is something that when we read it, we're just going to have to accept. You know, when you renew your mind to the word of God, you might have an opinion about some subject or something. But then when you read it in the word of God, what, what God says to do, you might have to change your mind about some things. Amen. You might have thought it was one way. But then you see that the Bible is teaching something else. Look at Proverbs 23, 20, and 21. I'm reading in the King James Version, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. This says, to be not don't don't be among people drinking and and uh, uh eating gluttony amen these verses point out three negatives one you will come to poverty because you're spending all your money on wine and lavish and expensive foods two drinking and much food will make you sleepy or the word is used here is drowsy Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And an uh, uh, example of that is uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Haven't you ever been to Thanksgiving dinner where you ate so much and then afterwards they said, oh, you got to make room for the, for the sweet potato pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it and you can hardly eat anything else, but you got to squeeze that in. You eat that and you fall down on the couch and all you want to do or in the easy chair, all you want to do is fall asleep. That's all you want to do. Why? Because when you eat a lot of food, it, it can make you very drowsy. Amen? And the third thing this this uh, verse says is that when you uh, are a wine-bibber or a riotous eater of flesh, you'll be spending all your money on whiskey, wine, and food, and that will take all your money 
and you will end up that they will you'll end up in rags. Amen. You'll be spending all your money in rags. The Bible says, "Be not among wine vivers." Amen. Now, the Believer's Bible commentary on this verse says, "Quote: <clears throat> There are two kinds of drunkards: those who drink too much and those who eat too much. They both make bad company for anyone who wants the good life. Intemperance takes its toll. The drunkard and the glutton." are headed for poverty, and that is a fact. The drunkard and the glutton are, 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 are facing poverty, and the Bible says don't be among wine-bibbers. The Bible teaches not to drink wine, not to drink whiskey. It doesn't, and we're going to get into that in just a moment about other scriptures teaching about not drinking. But I, I want to tell you about my little short drinking career. I want to make this absolutely clear and plain. This was before I got saved, before I got saved. From the time I got saved, I made it up in my mind that I would not drink any alcohol, any anything of any kind with alcohol in it. No beer, no wine, no champagne, no liquor. No, nothing. In fact, when me and Cheryl got married, at our reception, we didn't we didn't have champagne. We had um, we had grape juice with the with the that sweetened grape juice, that carbonated grape juice, uh, and uh, and um, different kind of punch or something, but no alcohol at all. So what I'm going to relate to you now was before I got saved, before I got saved, okay? Don't call me on the phone talking about, Pastor, we can talk about your alcoholism because I ain't got no alcoholism. I state one more last time. The story I'm going to tell you now was before I got saved. In fact, not only was it before I got saved, but it was when I was a young man. I was only about 23 years old. 22, 23, 24, somewhere like that. And I was in the Marine Corps, okay? I was in the Marine Corps. I'm 22 years old. When you're 22, you're stupid. You don't have you don't have any wisdom yet. You don't have any experience. You don't really know nothing. But you think you know everything, okay? So I'm 22. I'm stationed in uh, Fort, um, Fort um, I, see, I got Jackson, but that's here in Columbia. Um, it, the the, the uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and used to go to a little town. On the weekends, a group of us guys would get together, and we'd go into town on the weekends, and one of the little towns we went to was Kinston, North Carolina. Well, they had little clubs back up in the woods or wherever they were, and we'd get up there and get real smashing drunk. We would be on the base all week long, all week, and so on the weekends, you would just want to come out and get drunk. And in my drinking days, this was way, this is about 30 years before I got saved. Uh, uh, there was a, there was a, there was a whiskey called Fighting Cock. I just loved that. I, I drink that. I, that would uh, get me drunk quick. But there was this one alcoholic beverage called. 
uh, Black Bull, and this was 100% scotch. Now, I'm 22 years old. I heard of the word scotch, but I don't know what that means. I didn't know what it meant. And then I didn't know what 100% meant. I didn't know what that meant. But I really liked this because when I drank it, it would knock me out. It would make me go unconscious. And I thought that was so hilarious that you could drink this and you could wake up hours later someplace totally different. Like I'd go into town and I'd drink, I'd drink Black Bull and I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be back on the base in my bed, back on the base in my rack. And I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know who helped me to get there. I didn't know anything. But this liquor used to, this scotch used to knock me out. And I thought that was, I don't know. Now, what kind of thinking was that when something would knock you out and you thought that was fun? Well, when you're 22, you, you don't know no different. So, um, so, but I didn't know. Uh, and, and years later, when I got saved, see, years later, years later, decade later, a couple of decades later, uh, and I, find, I got saved when I was 33 years old, I started reading the Bible, and I discovered that the Bible says don't, don't drink, and particularly strong drink, and wine. And because I was used to drinking beer, let me see, what was that beer that I like? Oh, Heineken's, yeah. I used to like Heineken's and Bud Light and all that stuff, all that rock gut stuff. But uh, when you get saved and you renew your mind to the Word of God, you discover that the Bible says don't drink. And then I would run into Christians who would argue with me because they would say, wait a minute now, Jesus drank wine, they gave me that. Then, then you find out there was different kind of wines, fermented wines, unfermented wines. So I got that argument. They give me that argument. Then they would say, "Well, I only have wine when I go out to dinner. I, I don't. I'm not a real drinker. We only drink when we go out to uh, to have um, to have a dinner. Then we might have a glass of wine." And they would excuse themselves, okay? I'm not here to condemn them. I'm just going to teach you what the Bible says. Don't do it. Now, for a few years, uh, me and Cheryl had a house cleaning business. And we would, uh, uh, sometimes we would go into, we didn't know the people were Christian at the time, but we would go into someone's house to clean it. And every once in a while, you would bump into cleaning a Christian's house. And you'd go into a Christian's house. And there's a full bar. And me and my wife, we could never understand this because we go into a Christian's house and there'd be a full bar. I'm talking about a full bar, 30, 40 bottles of whatever. Or you would go to their house and you would find wine in the house, all kind of bottles of wine. Now, we never talked about them or criticized them. We didn't criticize them. We didn't bring it up and put them on the spot or anything like that. But we knew in our heart that the Bible taught that drinking was not something wise. It was not something wise. In Proverbs 23:20, the very verse we're reading tonight, it says for you not to be among uh, wine bibbers. Okay? It do not be associated. Don't associate yourself with people drinking, all right? I can't tell you the number of bad things that happen when 
people started out just taking just a small little drink, and they got a little bit too much, and not so good things happened. Not so good things happened when they got drunk. Uh, uh, just use your imagination. You live this life. You know what I'm talking about. The person didn't mean to get drunk. They only wanted to have a beer and then have a little, then have a little paratif or something. And they start drinking and they got to, they got a little tipsy and they start talking. Amen. And some interesting things started coming out when they started talking. Amen. Yeah. You, you come on now. Be honest with me. I'm I'm not asking anybody to be condemned. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going to show you what the Bible says. Go to Proverbs 20, the first verse. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is, ra- is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Amen. It's not wise to be drinking. All right. Then look in Proverbs uh, 23, but go to verse 29. Verse 29 says it, it begins to describe someone who gets drunk. Okay, it it begins to talk about the process of being drunk. And it says in verse 29, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babblings, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not upon the wine when it is red. When it giveth his his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thy heart shall utter what? Perverse things. We just talked about that a little bit a little bit ago. You get your drink in, and all of a sudden you're looking at the wrong thing and you're saying the wrong thing. Why? Because when you get drunk, your inhibitions come down. You know, I say there's, there's one or two or three times in life is situations where people will begin to tell you the truth, how they feel about you. And I said one of those times, one time is when they're real angry at you. They'll tell you how they feel about you if they get real angry or when they get drunk, I never did like it in the beginning. I never did trust her. They get their drinking a little bit, and that mouth gets to running, and they can say a little bit too much. I'm up against a commercial. Hold on. Hold, don't go nowhere because we're going to get into what the Bible says about drinking. Hold on. Well, I guess we're going to go on. So let's go to verse 33 then. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thy heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, 
or as he that lieth upon the top of a mask. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. If you've ever been drunk on alcohol, you understand that that's exactly the way it is. Amen. Glory to God. Strange things. You start beholding strange things. And you will sooner or later, if you keep on drinking, if you keep on drinking, you'll experience the gutter. Sooner or later, you will experience the gutter. If you keep drinking and getting high, sooner or later, you're going to end up in the gutter and you're going to be throwing up. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry to say that, but that's what's going to happen. It's going to take you to the gutter, okay? Uh, Let's go to Ecclesiastes, the second chapter. Ecclesiastes, the second chapter. Let's go to the first through the third verse. Solomon is speaking here, and he said, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. So he said pleasure turned out to be vanity. Just pleasure for pleasure's sake turned out to be vanity. Verse 2, I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? Verse 3, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, unto wine. And then in the 11th verse, it it says, then I looked on all the works that my hand had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit. What is he saying? Well, he's saying a lot of things here. First of all, understand this. And this is why the world is so messed up. Without Jesus, all is vanity. All is vanity. What, what, what will it profit you? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, you say, I don't quite understand that because it seems like it would profit me if I made a million dollars. Okay, look at it this way. A hundred million years from now, what's going to matter? Your relationship with Jesus or the hundred million dollars that you left behind in that bank because somebody else got that hundred million that you left in that bank oh but you put your heart on that you thought that was just a bomb you thought that was just everything no there's nothing wrong with having money okay i'm not preaching against money and against prosperity i got money and i got prosperity i'm not preaching against that but understand that god and jesus and the holy ghost They are your most precious asset. A hundred million years from now in heaven, in eternity, what's going to matter is your relationship with God. If if you're born again, glory to God, you're going to be in right standing with God. You're going to be able to walk through the gates of New Jerusalem. That hundred million dollars ain't going to get you nowhere near Jerusalem. You're not even going to know what it was. You're not even going to remember it. Okay, okay, so so the first thing when he says all that was vanity, trying to live for pleasure, trying to live for wine and drink, trying to live for riches, he said all that's vanity. Without Jesus Christ, this life is vanity. It means nothing. 
The other interpretation of that is he tried to live life in the flesh. The Bible teaches that you're in the flesh if you don't have the Holy Spirit. But if you have the Holy Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit. So he was he didn't he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Spirit came upon him at times, but he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. So glory to God. Trying to live life in the flesh, all is vanity. And that's why people are miserable in this world. Because without Jesus, life is not worth living. Okay? Okay? So he found that out. And he said he gave himself the wine. He said, let me get good and drunk and see if that will make my life happy and joyful. He tried that and found out that didn't do it. That didn't do it. That didn't do it. Let's turn to Isaiah 5, 11. Isaiah 5, 11 says, where's 5, 11? 5, 11. It says, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink, continue until night, till wine inflame them. And then the 21st verse says, woe unto them that are wise. Okay, yes. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of, of strength to mingle strong drink. What happens when you uh, are mighty to drink wine and stuff? It says, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. So what does strong drinking wine do? It will cause you to misjudge. It will cause you to to error. You'll start making errors because you drunk. Amen. You have drunk. Go to Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28. One says, woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is the fading flower, which is on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. Verse 3, the crown of pride, the drunks of Ephraim, shall be trodden underfoot. Verse 7, but they also have erred through wine. And through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet had erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. Wine will cause you to make errors. They will get you. They'll cause you to make errors. It says right here. This is what the Bible says. They erred through strong drink, strong wine. They were out of the way. Even their vision that God gave them vision of the future, they they erred in that. And they stumbled in judgment. They were making wrong judgments. Wine will cause you to error. You will get uh, uh, drunk and you'll begin to talk too much. You'll begin to say too much. You will error. Glory to God. Look at Genesis, the ninth chapter. We're running out of time, so I got to speed up here a little bit. Okay, beloved? Beloved of God. Look at Genesis, the ninth chapter, the 20th verse. 20th and the 21st verse. And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. 
This is after the flood when he came out of the ark. He planted a vineyard, verse 21, and he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And I won't get into what happened, but some bad things occurred when he got drunk in his tent. Even He even cursed his own grandchild. He even got to cursing his children. Amen? Glory to God. Why? Because he got to drinking. He got to drinking. Glory to God. Uh, look at 1 Kings. My gosh, we got to speed up here. Go to 1 Kings. I got to find it. 1 Kings, the 20th chapter, the 12th. Come on, Aaron. 20th chapter. 12th verse says, and it came to pass when Ben Hadden heard this message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the provisions which he in the provisions that he said unto his servants, Set yourselves in array, in other words, get ready to go to war. And they set themselves in array against the city. Amen. Uh and then go to sixteen. And they went out at noon, but Ben-Haddon was drinking himself drunk in the provisions. He and the kings, and thirty and two kings that helped him. What happened here? This Ben-Haddon came up against Israel and Judah to destroy them. And when they first came up and they asked the, the, the cities to surrender, the city said, okay, we'll surrender. But then after he got what he wanted the first go round, he decided to have a second go round. He got greedy and started asking for some more stuff. And while he was waiting, him and the thirty kings that were with him started drinking. But then the Bible says that God that God said that Ben Han would not prevail against Israel. And so they didn't realize that Ben Haddon didn't realize that he was going against the will of God. Why? Because he was drunk as he could be. He was just as drunk as he could be. God don't want you to be drinking. Why? Because when you drink and when you get or and or when you get angry, those are the two biggies that you have to learn about. I wish I had learned about him as a young man. You have to train yourself never to get angry. Why? Because the Bible teaches when you get angry, you 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 uh, lose. You make mistakes every single time. Every single time you get angry, you make mistakes. I'm not talking about irritated or a little upset. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about angry, okay, really angry. The Bible says he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. You deal foolishly when you get angry. So as a young man or a young woman, there are certain things you have to train yourself in. And a couple of things that you immediately have to train, you have to learn how to live a disciplined principle, live by principles and not by emotions. You have to train yourself. You have to train yourself not to get angry. You have to train yourself not to get drunken. 
Why? Because you get, like I said many times, I don't say it a couple of times already, you get drunk, it lowers your inhibitions. You know, when I was in the world, when I was in the world, I was an okay dancer. I mean, I could dance all right. I, I, I want you to understand this before I got saved, okay, before I got saved. I noticed something. When, when I would get out on the dance floor, this was before I got saved, I could dance okay. I could hold my own. But I found out that when I got drunk, I could really dance. Man, I could really dance. Why? Because all your inhibitions come down. You get really loose, and you can get out there and act the, the, the complete fool. Amen? Glory to God. You could do stuff you never even thought of when you were sober. Amen? And thank God you had friends around you that loved you and looked out for you, but you could really act a fool when you um, – when you uh, when you would would drink, I don't know about you, but that's the way it was with me. I could dance better if I got drunk. That's why when the party started, I would wait till about ten thirty in the evening, and then I'd start drinking. Because around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, I was I was ripe for the party. Amen. Glory to God. I was loose, full of juice. Glory to God. But didn't know that that was against God's will. Because I wasn't saved yet, and I didn't know the Word of God. But when I got in the Word of God and started seeing these scriptures, I said, no more wine, no more drink, no more beer, no more whiskey, no more wine. And people would say, but Pastor, it's just a, just one small drink at dinner. Look at Leviticus 10.9. Leviticus 10.9. Well, 10.8. Uh and the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee. When ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, it shall be a statue forever throughout your generations. Amen. Glory to God. The Bible says, glory to God, that you're not wise if you drink. And then in Ephesians 5, 8, Ephesians 5, 8, it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't be filled with rock gut wine, but be filled with the Spirit, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody unto the Lord. That's how you get, you get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, my gosh, I'm out of time. Well, I'm out of time. The Bible, there's many more verses. The Bible teaches not to drink. God bless you. I love you. I'm not condemning you. I'm just teaching what the Bible says. I love you. Bible has the answer. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m. Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m. and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is 
It pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.